Hello, my name is Dan, and this podcast is going to be about the sexual interactions which take place between someone who's more knowledgeable or older, uh, but more knowledgeable in sexual interactions uh, than someone else. Um, I I will say someone who's older and someone who's younger, but the older person could be 10 years old and the younger person could be two years old, or five years old, or six years old, or just younger than the 10-year-old. Automatically, because of how humans uh, use their five senses to gather information about the world around them, the 10-year-old's going to know more than the younger. The 35-year-old man or woman is going to know more than the 10-year-old. So here's how the interactions take place from an inside uh, rip the scab off point of view. Human beings can feel sexual gratification almost from the very beginning, if not from the very beginning, from birth. They don't need to understand anything about you know right, wrong, sex, nothing. They don't need to know these things. It's a biological fact. Children, when alone, will play with themselves, as we call it. They will explore their bodies. And when they find something that interests them or intrigues them or feels good, they'll play with it often. Girls and boys. This is perfectly natural. It's how we learn. There are other ways that we learn. Of course, that's by someone else who knows more about something teaching us. Now, I want to give you an example of a normal interaction so that you can understand more about how an interaction between someone who's more knowledgeable in sex with someone who's not more knowledgeable in sex, how that's harmful. I know it may seem obvious and to some people, well, duh, you don't molest a kid because it hurts them. Well, no, no, let's get into it. So here's the normal. So say you're a parent or you're, you know, you're a guardian and either your kid comes to you and says, hey, I want to learn the violin, or I want to learn the piano, or I want to get into sports, or it's a vice versa. You say, hey, to your child who's never done these things, maybe he's five, six, seven, eight, never experienced these things yet before in their lives. Uh, and you may say, hey, do you want to learn this? Do you want to learn that? And if the child resists, because you know it's a good experience, and because you're an adult and you're no more, you may push it. Well, why don't you try it? Why don't you try playing baseball? Why don't you try playing basketball? And now during this interaction, all five of your senses and all five of the other person's senses, the child's senses, are being stimulated. They're hearing the words. There may be some a hand through the hair. There may be a hug. All of this is going through those senses and the brain's interpreting it and chemical processes ensue and it tells the body how to react to this and how to react to that and this is a perfectly normal interaction when a person who has more knowledge about sex interacts with someone in a sexual manner of any kind verbal or anything beyond that with someone who does not have that information and does not have that that years of experience, whether the person is two and ten, 
or 10 and 30. The same exact five senses pull in that information and the same brain, same chemical processes try to process that information. But there are some things that are missing because one is a normal interaction and one is a private interaction. Children don't understand the, two dif the difference between the two. I once watched a, saw a YouTube video where this little boy in a Home Depot with its parents, they turned their back for five seconds and the could, kid couldn't have been more than six years old. He goes over to one of the display toilets, opens it up, pulls his pants down, takes a dump. Now, it's cute because he's a little kid and it's funny. But the kid doesn't know any different until it's taught, hey, you can't do that. The kid was taught, if you have to go potty, this is where you go, you know? Maybe it wasn't six, maybe it was even younger and they were potty training, but the point is it was funny. So when a person who has more knowledge interacts with a child, they don't have, that child does not have the benefit of being able to assimilate that information into a wider picture of society. Um, and because of that, it makes it impossible for that child to assimilate that information with family, friends, with, with other things. And that's where the problem comes in. That's actually where the harm comes in. A child can drop and skin its knee a hundred times in its childhood and it won't remember any of those times. And that's a painful event. So it's not about the sexual interaction between the person who's more knowledgeable and the other person. It's all of the processes that the brain has to go through to assimilate that information. And unfortunately, since that information is secret and can't be shared with anything or anyone else, according to, you know, <laughs> the person interacting with the child, there's no way for the brain and the chemical processes to reason or to work through what just happened and what's happening. Whereas, whereas if a child's playing, if a child, if a child's parent or guardian got them to play sports and they're out there playing sports, they're with other kids and they're out in the open and there's other parents and there's a whole dynamic, a whole sensory dynamic going on that doesn't actually happen in a sexual situation. A sexual situation is completely isolated and human beings don't have the capacity to assimilate that into their lives. Why? Because there is no way they can. It's not like you belong to a nudist family and the child learns that in the house we can be nude. Outside we can't, but in certain places outside, like a nudist beach or a nudist camp or, you know, or, or something like that, we can. The child learns all of this information, just like there's a place to play baseball or throw balls, you know, uh, soccer balls and things, and then there's a place not to. Don't throw the ball in the house. But we can do it out there. We can't do it in here. When it comes to sex, 
there is no point of reference, there is no okay place, there is no one else doing it, and the child has no capacity, the brain has no mental capacity through its five senses to make any sense of what's going on. The older knows what's going on, it's sexual gratification, but the younger's brain has no ability to do that. So all of the sensory perception that you have in the interactions that you have in normal things don't occur here. And not only that, add to it, again, I'm talking about sensory perception because feeling, touching is a sense. You touch something, your brain senses it. Well, when someone who's more knowledgeable touches the genitalia, touches a little boy's dick and masturbates it, the child will get a boner. Not because the child understands about sex or anything past its age, but because the biologics in its body are saying, this feels good. The child has no idea why, and there's no points of reference, and there's no one to talk to, and there's no social situation outside of this that that brain can pull in information about this. It's only this one person and this situation. Even if it's just once or ongoing, it doesn't matter. The brain can't process it because it's not a normal interaction that it can use the wider world to get a perspective on. I can play with ball outside. I cannot play the, with the ball inside. I can ride my bike outside and only in these areas under these circumstances, but not these. What, I can have sex with my uncle in this situation, but I can never have it in any other situation. I can never talk to anyone about it. I can never compare notes with anybody. I can never do any of the biological things that my little brain is telling me to do that I do with every single thing else. I get a new toy, I show it to everybody. You know, even inappropriate things like that pooping in the, in the Home Depot. Children are spontaneous and just do. That's natural. This isn't natural. And that's part of the reason why the harm happens. It's not just some generic coverall word. This is actually what's going on. So now that we understand, now that we understand that, we can start to look at as the child grows up and gets older that information from that experience even if the experience happened way earlier let's say it happened when the child was five six seven and now the child's i don't know 13 14 15. Um, that information is still in there it doesn't matter whether the child consciously remembers it or not or suppressed it or whatever the brain remembers everything your brain remembers what happened before you were even out the birthing canal that's just a fact it's genetics it remembers everything it may not be able to recall everything but it remembers it this is why when hip when if, you know when when hypnotists when, let's just say, a psychiatrist, when he's using hypnotherapy or she's using hypnotherapy to treat a client. This is why they can do, use it 
and the, chi and the child or the adult can go back in their mind and remember things that they couldn't because they're in a special state of mind which accesses the subconscious. So my point is the brain and the body remembers everything. It's genetic information that is now encoded. In different human interactions as that person grows up, different things that happen will trigger memories, even suppressed or memories that were forgotten. Um, in post-traumatic stress disorder cases, I know because I've got post-traumatic stress disorder as well as other things. Um, if you go to the About Me segment and listen to the whole thing, you'll understand. Post-traumatic stress disorder, one of the big things it's all about is triggers. You never know when a trigger is going to happen. Um, and, and PTSD can be from a war. It, it's basically anything that happens that can shock your mind that you were not ready for it to happen when it happened. You know, watching your buddy's head get exploded when a bullet hits it when you're in war. Or being sexually abused or being yelled at all the time. All of these things are traumatic events and the brain may not have the capacity to handle it. So you end up with PTSD for whatever reasons. As you move forward in your life, 13, 14, 15, adulthood, different things can trigger memories of these events. You'll just be doing something, la la la, living my life. Next thing you know, you're curled up in a little ball, crying your eyes out, or whatever variation in between standing up being a perfectly normal person and then doing that is for you. And how does that happen? Because something triggered it. Some smell, something within the five senses triggered that memory that either you suppressed or that was always there and you didn't know about. That's part of post-traumatic stress. So when a person has sex at a time or sexual interactions at a time, when their brain isn't capable of assimilating that information, because of how isolated it is. Again, it's not, hey, I can tell my mom about this and then get her, her take on it. You know, hey, mom, look what I found. You know, kids do that. Hey, mom, look what's happening. Oh, no, I can't talk to you about this. All of a sudden, as an adult or later on in life, something triggers it. Or maybe, it, you know, I'm saying if it was a trigger situation and then the reaction comes, it's like, oh, my God, why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling this way about this benign thing that I'm doing? It may have nothing to do with what you're doing or where you are. Something about that triggered it. So this is one of the negative effects. So your little innocent uncle whoever or priest whoever or mom whoever or dad whoever or big brother, little brother, when you do molestation to another person who's not your same age, in other words, when you're having sexual interactions with someone who's not mentally and from head to toe capable of understanding that kind of stuff, these are the types of harm that you're causing years later. Now, if they remember all of this as they grow up, it becomes part of their personality. It affects the way they look at the world. At some point, they're going to realize, oh my God, that was wrong. That should not have happened. 
So now they feel guilt and shame. Why? Why didn't I tell anyone? Why did I let it happen? Why did it feel good? Like I said, if you play with a child's genitals, it will stimulate them just like an adult. The only difference is an adult has the capacity from head to toe. In other words, through their whole body, all the chemicals have grown to a point through knowledge, through wisdom, through, through experience, through all of their senses to know what that is and to place it in a category so they understand it. A child does not have that capacity. So when it happens, that child assimilates that information and has nothing to do with it, has nowhere to put it. But it's still part of who they are. And so it affects maybe the way they raise their kids. Maybe they become overprotective. They're not going to molest their kids unless they are pedophiles. That's a genetic situation. That's people who are sexually abused do not abuse other children. That's a myth. So, but maybe that parent treats their children differently because they don't want their child to go ever go through that. So they're overprotective. And the child now is affected by what you did to that kid who's now a parent and now has a kid. So now that child grows up with this overprotective parent because of something you did to that parent when that parent was a kid. So now how that child is raised affects how it raises its children. So just like put, dropping a rock in a mill pond, the ripple effects keep going even, if, even when you don't see them. This is the effect that sexual abuse has on a child and as an has on a child and as they grow up this is the real world not some fabricated crap by law enforcement and by fucking the media those pricks know nothing and those fuckers just report the shit the pricks say okay like i've said you don't go to a plumber for information on brain surgery or to do brain surgery and you don't go to a brain surgeon for information about your plumbing problem or to fix your plumbing you come to me for information like this and I'm telling you this is how it works genetically this is what happens what actually transpires between a person who knows something about sex and a person who doesn't it wouldn't even matter if these were two adults and one had a diminished capacity, like say one was mentally ill or, or, or had some kind of mental retardation and the other person didn't. We would still be talking about someone with the sexual knowledge and someone who doesn't. I have someone in my family who has a diminished capacity. She's an adult, but she has the mentality of a 12-year-old. same situation. This is how the harm is done. This is why it's wrong to molest a kid. Not all the smoke and mirrors and all the, ooh, you're a monster and all that bullshit. This is why. This is what happens. And it doesn't just stop there like I just said. It's like dropping a rock in a pond. It keeps going. And it also affects the family members. And it also affects that child's 
friendships and relationships with their peers because they can't talk to their friends about it. And what if their friends, let's say it's a seven-year-old, eight-year-old girl, and they're in school. Peer pressure is a pain in the ass, and kids can be vicious. We all know that. And it's no different in that, at that age. Sometimes it's even worse. Now add to that person's psyche, to that little girl or boy's psyche, a sexual interaction that they have never had before and they can't talk to anybody about. It doesn't matter whether the person threatened, to, threatened them with physical danger or harm, threatened someone they love, or simply said, don't tell anyone, it's our little secret. That secret, they can't share with their friends. That information, they can't. So now what happens when they're alone with these friends and they're whispering like girls do or doing what little boys do, playing with their trucks, and then it's that special time when kids get together and, you know, explore sexually. It's perfectly normal, except there's one problem. This child knows more than the others. What they relay to those kids now makes them the not more knowledgeable person and the kids that are their own age the less knowledgeable people. Again, that's why I said age doesn't matter. It's about knowledge. Human beings grow basically in layers. As we grow, information comes in through our five senses, as I've said. And our brain layers that on top of layers on that on top of layers it on top of. So when you have a child now in that situation sharing sexual information that they can't say where they got it, that's way over the heads and, and, and developmental abilities and capacity for the, another child's five senses to assimilate that information, boom. Now, what you did to that kid is now affecting another kid. And on and on. Because eventually, that child is, may interact with another kid whose parents find out about it. And now, they start unraveling this whole thing. Who taught you that? How could you learn that? Because maybe it was a particularly advanced sexual act like anal course or putting your finger up in something that you adults would do but kids shouldn't be doing how would a child know that there are certain natural things that the body automatically you know unpacks in genetics that says okay it's time to do this like i said you don't have to teach teenagers how to have sex but by that level by that experience level of life they have a pretty good idea, whereas a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, shouldn't. So now you have a ripple effect with these little ones that this little one who had the experience that it shouldn't have had, and on and on and on. Someone finds out, blah, 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 and now there's more damage being done. We'll talk about that in another thing. So this is... This is it, guys. This is the actual mechanics of how and why sexual abuse or sexual translating sexual information from one person with a certain amount of knowledge, with more knowledge, to someone who doesn't have that knowledge is harmful. <clears throat> I guess I'll end this segment because that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about on this one. I just wanted you to know that because... 
when you're trying to protect your kids, I guess the most important thing is to, with regards to this particular segment, is to allow nature to take its course, but be vigilant just with your children, just as you would in protecting your credit card information, your passwords on your computer, etc. Don't trust anybody. Keep your kids as safe as you can. I'll close with that because this isn't about keeping your kids safe. This segment is about the sexual interaction. So now that you know that, you have information you didn't know. So I'll end this segment now. I hope it was helpful.